welcome to the Bright Minds of E-Commerce podcast. I'm Dana, founder of Bright Red Marketing, your e-commerce advertising specialists. We focus primarily on Facebook and Instagram ads, driving direct return on investment only for e-commerce stores. I started this podcast to share the inner workings of the e-commerce world, share success stories, as well as advice from experts. So whether you're thinking of starting your first e-commerce store or you're ready to scale to $500,000 a month, this podcast is for you. So let's get started. Welcome to episode one. And welcome to the Bright Minds of E-Commerce podcast. Today we are here with Yuki. Yuki is the founder of an e-commerce tech-based business. Five years ago, she made a career leap from an arts administration job to building a website and app from the ground up. Pocket Prints is a Melbourne-based Instagram printing business, helping people free the hundreds of photos taken and stored on devices. For the first year, she launched the business from her home whilst working full-time. She learned almost everything on the go, lots of mistakes, and in that time, she's almost found the most successful marketing activities that are the drivers for app downloads and orders. Welcome, Yuki. Thank you, Dana. Thanks for reaching out. I'm really pleased and excited to talk to you. It's so good to have you. So tell us a little bit about how the idea for Pocket Prints came to be. I guess when, as you mentioned in the intro, that I was working full-time and I just had babies, it was a really hard juggle. But at the time, I was helping my friends and actually specifically mother's group friends print their photos. My husband's a photographer and printer and has spent his whole career printing photos. And I was just really quick and savvy. So we were doing it by text messages and posting photos. So just knew that there was definitely a quicker way to do this. Then we just thought, let's explore an app. And at the time, we have somebody in our family that knows a lot about this stuff. And he said, yeah, definitely, there's definitely opportunities, especially because Instagram was so, was just starting, but was so big then. And my friends and I were printing hundreds of photos anyway. I even went to the Kmart printing kiosk with a girlfriend and that was really hard and dragging kids and and the result wasn't always that great so I just went we can do this. No that's amazing. Uh, That was the seed. Yeah so how did you take that seed to the development of you know the app and those sorts of things? Yeah I have to say when we first developed we just didn't know what we were doing. I really didn't know what I was doing. I just thought I would draw some sort of pictures of some screens and I didn't even know what to call them mock-ups at the time I just called them mock-ups and I think I just thought about well if I'm doing it on my phone yeah anyway friends are texting me photos and just EFTing some money to us and I'm posting them obviously an app can do this so I just drew what that looked like and then just um, googled a bit and worked out you know they're called wireframes and yeah and then a friend of mine a family friend helped us so much to build out what it should look like and then did the development connected us with developers and helped us build what we thought we needed yeah how did you find that app development process big learning curve (laughs) i imagine Being the biggest, it's actually been the biggest learning curve of the business. I actually just thought I would have a printing business. <laughs> As it turns out, you know, I really have a tech business. So I now pay a few developers full time to to continue to develop. Mm. I have rebuilt the app from the ground up since our first iteration, and that was really soul destroying. 
But once I learned that we'd built the first app probably the wrong way, yeah. we had to make a decision if we were going to scale at all. Mm. We had to start again. So we built the back end first this time and decided what we needed from a production point of view and a dispatch point of view and built a brand new back end and then worried about the front stuff. Yeah. So the development process has been really, really tough at times, but I've just learned so much about not coding, but, you know, how that works and how that framework, that back end was probably more crucial to our business than what I thought would be the front pretty part. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) I suppose a lot of, I mean, that's true across any business, really. A lot of people get stuck on going to build a website, it's going to be pretty first. Yes. And then they come to the business a couple of years later and they're like, doesn't matter that it's pretty, like it doesn't actually work. So it's good that you kind of have gone through both of those processes, I suppose. Yeah. Wonderful. So obviously you started the business very word of mouth, organically, you know, printing photos for friends and family. How did you take that step from friends and family to people who've never heard of you before, I suppose? Because I know that's something that a lot of new e-commerce businesses really struggle with. They can get a couple of sales from their friends and family and then making that, you know, step into the unknown and the the new customers is where they really struggle. So how do you go with that? So I used influencers and I just mentioned to you I had a background in arts admin and I, I knew a lot of performers who had just joined Instagram and they were getting so many followers. Mm. So I just sort of reached out and said, hey, will you, um, if you want to print some photos and share it on your Instagram, would you mind? And they were all like, yeah, absolutely fine. So I guess that's where it grew from. I was really comfortable sending DMs or emails to ask people to work with me. Yeah. Because that's, that was where my experience was. So we just started with social media and specifically Instagram. Yeah, that's also amazing. Did. And over the years, we've done used influencers really successfully. Yeah. So are you still using influencers now? Yeah. After By now, I know that influencers is the most successful strategy for us. I've dipped my toes in every other strategy. I do a bit of paid ad ads, mainly remarketing, but nothing moves the needle for us like as much influencers. as influencers. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, so do you have like a, a roster of influencers that you're using or is it you're always going out trying to find new influencers? So always trying to find new ones, some that we've worked with with great success. And, you know, they their followings become so big, I think they just generally end up working for the bigger brands. We've yeah. tried a few that have helped us with massive numbers. But, I mean, after three years, they go, oh, thank you, but we're going to, you know, so <laughs> yeah, I'm fairly specific about the pe- our target market. I know exactly who orders photos with us. Yeah. And I rarely veer from it. Occasionally I'll dip my toe and, and go, oh, podcast looks like it's really taking off sponsoring podcasts. I try it, but it doesn't do what influencers do. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, it's, I think it's really good that you're so clear on that. I find a lot of businesses, especially when they're starting out, not that you're still starting out, but they, mm-hmm. you know, they spend too much time trying to do everything and then nothing really works, whereas you've really found something that works brilliantly for you and you're like, look, we're just going to focus on this and then we'll dabble here and there, but this is yeah. our, our core bread and yeah. butter. Yeah. Wonderful. So at what point did you stop working full time 
and transition into full-time into this business? Oh, a year after we launched. I was, you know, working at night and working from my job. And because when we started, we didn't know what was going to happen. I was posting orders at lunchtime. (laughs) Um, I would take this big bag to work and sort of under my desk kind of do things <laughs> the way and take the orders to the post box at lunchtime or after work. And so I set myself a goal in terms of income. So I think the week our profit was more than what I was earning full time was when I would leave. Yep. And you did it? And, yep. When it happened, I went, okay, this is the sign that I need if I can... Um, so then I'm not contacting influencers at five in the morning. So that's pretty much, I mean, it wasn't really science or I just went, okay, if I can, if we can get this kind of profit working, you know, late at night and during bits and pieces, I'm sure I, this is definitely scalable. Yeah. So, that's yeah. amazing. Was it a, was it a scary time? Was it a really exciting time? Like I know a lot of people, you know, they've got their part-time side hustle and they dream of that day that they can, you know, quit and focus on the, the side hustle full-time. What was that kind of experience like for you? I probably would have jumped earlier because the, I was juggling babies and childcare and cooking and domestic stuff as well. So I probably would have jumped earlier. I was more, it was pretty exciting, I have to say, but definitely scary because it wasn't a sure thing yeah it was just one week we did better than the week before <laughs> and I went, okay that'll do that will just do. that's, that, that, that's, the, that's <laughs> the benchmark we're done we're good <laughs> I just went that'll be fine um, yeah you know if we can do that maybe we can do more so it was good you know it was exciting but I probably was really scared thinking I'm leaving a really great job yeah okay income, superannuation, you know, all of that. But, yeah, it was pretty exciting to go, nope. Sometimes I look at my morning run and look on the freeway that I used to sit on at 7 in the morning. Yep. And go, that this is all worth it. You know, 7 in the morning I'm out running or riding my bike. Yep, and not on the highway. Freeway, yeah, that freeway is bumper to bumper already. So, yeah. No, that's wonderful. So what would you have wished someone could have told you before you launched your your tech e-commerce business? (laughs) Like if someone could have given you something, what would that have been? I probably wouldn't have done it had I known that building an app was so so much work and so much more complicated than I ever thought and Mm. the constant maintenance and updates that we've had to do and that some of the things are out of my control which is the app store you have to submit to the app store and they have often said no change this change that or you know when instagram does most of our customers are printing instagram were printing instagram photos when they have a change there's no there's no call center for Instagram, they do not reply to you, (laughs) you know. So you need to just make the changes that they're telling you to do. I don't know if I would have understood that at the time that, you know, and just recently we've had to make so many changes for Facebook as well because we are a third-party app accessing their data and people are using printing photos. And that's happened throughout the last few years. Every time 
iOS changes, we have to check that we don't need to update. And then there was massive iCloud changes. We had to make so many changes then that I just probably wouldn't do that now if I had known because that's mass, that's a massive additional cost mm. is to go, oh, we have to update. And then they bring out a new iPhone with 20 billion megapixels and, you know, we have to, now our customers are uploading to us massive files so we have to be able to help them and compress the photos even more and do things behind the scenes to accommodate that. So, yeah. so um, I mean, for someone who is has a great idea, they want to kind of launch something, would your advice just be be prepared? Like it's a lot more yeah. work than it seems. I think I'm validating and really deciding, finding out if an app has to be an app or a website because there's so much difference in those. And if you are not solving a problem with your app, you might not get users. You might not get people who need to download it. If it could be a website or if you could validate on a website first. And build the app. So is yeah. that maybe your suggestion that you would start with yeah, a website and first and then if that works? I wish somebody told me to do that. I would awesome. have absolutely. So big piece of advice. If you can start with a website, validate your concept, then build yeah, the app. Absolutely. Unlike a game, I think with um, apps, unless you're going to solve problems for people, and which we are because people have their photos on their phones. Yeah. So that wasn't, you know, thankfully that wasn't a problem. But I, we, we kind of wish that we had built the website first. Fair enough. Okay, so you mentioned in your bio that you've made lots of mistakes. What's maybe yeah. one of the big mistakes that you've made and what you would do different knowing what you know now other than the website first? Yeah, I think there's a lot of mistakes. has a lot of mistakes. I have a lot of mistakes. <laughs> one of my most favourite mistakes I made that cost a lot of money was that point you made before about trying everything in terms of marketing. Mm. I think I really when we had influences they were working well and they were converting and I was finding all the right ones and then I went oh let's find different traffic let's find different customers let's try cold traffic and it just didn't work mm. and I should I don't know why I decided to do that I, I really didn't trust that influences were so great. They were working really well. I thought, well, if influencers work, I, let's try, you know, diverting all that money to paid advertising and cold traffic. Yeah. And it probably didn't play out the way I had thought. And it was a lot more work to try and convert cold traffic in a competitive product that I have. You know, I know it works for a lot of businesses, but because photo printing is so competitive. I'd say your profit margins aren't probably particularly huge either. It's hard to say because some of our products we have quite a large profit margin on. If we're talking individual products, we have some products with large profit margins due to the way we are automated, mm. but definitely some we don't make a lot of profit, but it's a way to be competitive. Yeah, because I like... 
We know, I mean, we specialize in Facebook ads for e-commerce. That's, right. that's yeah. known. But for instance, with a business like yours, that gets really tricky because some of your products are on a smaller price point. So, yeah. you know, if you're trying to sell a $20, $30 product and it's going to cost you $10, $15 per sale, which for most of our clients is amazing, for you it yes. doesn't work. Whereas you can go out there and get influencers and all of a sudden, you know, your profit margins work a lot nicer. That's right. That that's, makes sense. that's exactly right. Yeah. So I guess the mistake I made was not working that exact equation out, mm. that we were just getting so much from influencers and their followers. Yeah. But in the cold traffic on Facebook, we were competing with, everyone. you know. Yeah. <laughs> Literally everyone. Um, and we had to create content that was show-stopping and, yeah, it probably was a turn that I shouldn't have gone in without understanding that. Mm. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think that's a, an important lesson for every business and, unfortunately, I think it's one of those scenarios that you can't really learn from other people's mistakes because there could be a business out there that's currently doing influencer marketing that should be doing Facebook ads and that's going to be the thing that takes their business to the next level. But there yeah. might also be someone who's in a similar situation to you that, you know, they're getting influencer marketing, it's working really well, but if they move to Facebook ads, they have the same problem where it just doesn't yeah, work for them because nice. of margins and things. So I think that's yeah. unfortunately one of those things that most businesses just have to try a couple of different things as they go. Yeah. Mm. But I think that's the, the beauty of business, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> so are you Facebook now for remarketing? Yeah. And that works yeah. well for you? Yeah. It's a bit, the cost is a bit lower mm. and I know that they have engaged with my brand so I'm not trying to convert really cold traffic. Yeah, so, just that little friendly reminder, keep people yeah. engaged. If they didn't check out, you know, get them back, those sorts of things. Yeah, yeah. so the conversion is much better in remarketing across the board, I think. Yeah, wonderful. So I know a lot of people really struggle with finding influencers uh, and then finding the right ones. Do you have maybe one or two tips on how you found the right kind of influencers for your business? I just found them on Instagram and sometimes they will have links to their managers or I'll DM them. Yeah. I don't have a structure because some of them work really differently. Mm. I have someone who works for me doing our social media and she's awesome. She's really comfortable catching them in their DMs and saying, we'd love to work with you. Do we need to send you an email? But I can find my target market on Instagram because there was a long time when I was my target market. I had babies. Yeah. I, yeah. So I find them quite, it's not to say that they're always a success. I what also know. What would you know, say your success ratio is with influencers? Like out of, you know, 10 or 15, how many of those would do well for you? Maybe five. Really? Yeah. That's, a, that's good to know because for someone to say that their influencer marketing is such a powerful part of their business, but out of 10 influencers, only half of them pay off. Yeah. That's, I think, yeah. really encouraging for a, a business mm -hmm. that's starting off to go, mm -hmm. well, she's really successful, she's built her business on this and she still only has a 50% yeah. rate with influencers. Like that's a really encouraging... Yeah. yeah it's like a reality check. I think it is. Of, yeah. yeah. I can easily say influencers work for us, but not all of them. Yes. Sometimes we'll choose the wrong one or sometimes I'll pay probably, you know... 
one type of influencer who has massive amount of following is the like the fitspo even if their parents would i would make an i made an assumption that they've got babies they've got lots of mums following them and mm. massive engagement but it doesn't usually <laughs> translate yeah. to our product so you know every year we get better at better and i often will go oh no that's let's not do that but there's also a lot of work also on negotiating rates negotiating all of that stuff can be time consuming mm. and then sometimes one will surprise me and make up for all the ones that didn't quite <laughs> you know get the sales but sometimes often i'm happy to work with people that may might create really great content that we can reuse yeah. And I think that's Sorry. the 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 challenge I suppose the not the challenge but a, a good way to use influencer marketing. Yeah. When we run influencer campaigns for some of our clients and you really need to go into it and go look this is a long-term strategy. Yeah. Find some good influencers. If it doesn't work we've got some good content out of it. If it does work we know we can build these relationships and things. So yeah. I think the way you've gone about it is a, a really good way of doing it. We use a combination of paid and not paid. So like a contra deal, I guess get, you know, those sorts of things. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Wonderful, Mm. wonderful. So, I mean, in terms of obviously your business is an e-commerce business, but it's also a Mm. a tech business. Uh, Mm. Is there any other, you know, information, secrets, lessons, mistakes that you'd like to, to share with people that are maybe in a similar position to you now or maybe they're just kind of starting up? If you've got to start up and if you're going to go into e-commerce, focus on shipping first okay why do you say that because when you don't know anything about shipping and postage costs it may really change the profit because shipping in australia is quite expensive as you know Dana, you're in that the group and that those kind of questions come up all the time so if you're going to start an e-commerce business you really need to know that you're going to spend a lot of money shipping this and that your customers are going to have to pay. Somebody has to pay for it. You just can't hack shipping. You can't make it super cheap unless you're at scale. So you're going to need to know how much something, this certain weight is going to cost to ship and how long it's going to take and the expectations of your customer. So there are some products I've custom made like our frames, we do Instagram frames. I carted around an Australia Post satchel to my framer and to the packaging designer and said, it's just going to fit in here. <laughs> what do you think we fit. make <laughs> in here? Because that's the max cost I can cope with for this. So yeah. just make it all fit in there. And because I'd learned by then that shipping was something that has to get paid and it's pointless having something that weighs three kilos that you're going to post to the Northern Territory because it's going to cost you so much and take. And I don't think somebody in the Northern Territory wants to pay that price. Yeah. So, yeah, so often I, sh- I cut around the satchels and say, it's just going to fit in here, <laughs> whatever it is, let's make it fit and weigh that amount. So I think shipping for e-commerce, understanding the lay of the land is so crucial Uh, more crucial than any other aspect I think because you will not you'll be surprised by your customer's response to shipping costs (laughs) yeah it's such a big thing 
Yeah, so I think that would be one of my big crucial things to think about if you're in e- going to start an e-commerce is how much it's going to cost to ship something and, and if it's trackable or not trackable and, you know, careers don't go to every corner in Australia. So no, they you don't. Australia's too big. Yeah, so you just can't use Sendle all the time. Mm. So, yeah. I think that's a great tip, a great tip. Uh, what about, is there anything else that we maybe haven't covered for those that are already running kind of successful e-commerce businesses? Any tips um, or to share? I'm trying to think of something that just didn't occur to me. I think, I guess once you have a marketing channel that is working and is profitable, I probably would recommend just staying there and putting the time, money and effort into that channel rather than bright, shiny things and going, oh, well, everyone's doing this and everyone's trying that. Because sometimes if when you find that profitable channel, I think you should stick with it. <laughs> that's how I learn is yeah. to, to stick with it. Yeah, and I think, I think that's really important. I think a lot of people get to that point where they feel like they're making it. And they're like, awesome, now we're going to go hire a Facebook ads yep. expert mm-hmm. and we're going to outsource our influencer and we're going to go do this yep. big course and we're going to do YouTube ads. And look, TikTok has just launched yeah. and then they lose yeah. that core thing. So yeah. I think you're 100% spot on. You know, if you've got something that's working, really focus on, you know, scaling that and making it work. Yeah. And then you can kind of look at other things if you want to grow once that's yeah. kind of maxed out. Yeah, but, you know, not all marketing channels are just going to work. I just made an assumption that it would. I mean, I, I mean, we specialise in Facebook ads. We yeah. know that it doesn't work for all clients. Yeah. So, I mean, we go through that process with clients beforehand and hopefully that we never get into the situation where we don't get those results. But it doesn't work for everyone. Mm-hmm. It's not some magic bullet. Influences is not some magic bullets. If you have, mm-hmm. you know, built your business on the back of something and it's worked really well, you don't really want to change the system too much just because you're succeeding. Yeah. So yeah. 100% spot on. Unless you've got the yes. to do it, to try it. Um, my accountant reminded me that, <laughs> <laughs> that it's all very well if you had rather than relying on the revenue from for that to fund it I should have had all of that in the bank first and then go I can experiment with this yeah 100 percent. and you don't want to be pulling it away from something that's already working you want to have the money for that plus external money correct wonderful well we just got a last couple of questions which we ask every podcast guest and do you have any secret strategies routines habits that keep you on track in your business personally personally um working with people there was a long time when i worked from home mm. by myself and that was really tough because i wasn't talking to a lot of people and i think that created a lot of problems for me mentally in my own head. Yeah. And then I met some women who are also starting a business and in the park we used to work out together. Um, <laughs> and it. so we came together and hired an office together. I just needed really good Wi-Fi and some office space for me and some other people, well, you know, another person. They needed space because there's a homewares. And it just worked and it's probably for my business really changed everything because I was able to talk to other people about business and about the struggles 
And so I think I know that's not really business related, but I think in in some way it was all it was the difference in me continuing with the business and continuing to strive and continuing to see I'm not the only one making mistakes. Yeah. But we also celebrating each other's successes. So I think that has really helped me in the last two years is to be working with other women who happen to also have children and that's also has been important for me. Yeah, wonderful. I 100% agree with you. I know my mental health really suffers when I'm too isolated for too long. So I've got a a girl who works with me in the office now and got communities of biz besties and networking events. You really need that, you know, get out of the house keep yourself sane network. So I think that's really important. Yeah. Uh, Do you have a favourite business book? Favourite business book? I read a book called Profit First recently. I'm a big fan. (laughs) I'm a big fan. (laughs) So I like a bit of information that just comes really makes sense. I think that's been the most recent business kind of book that I've read that made sense to me and talked more about a simple strategy to not put yourself last all the time. So I have to say that's been one of my favourite. I haven't read many business people's books, but a friend gave me, is it Naomi Simpson's book recently, you know, from Shark Tank? Ah, yes, yes. I'm not 100% sure if that's her name, but we can confirm and put it in the show notes later. Yeah. Yeah, and she said there was some really great stuff in there, especially about resilience and, and pushing through and being really clear on the problem your business is solving yeah. and how money flows in and out of the business. Yeah, wonderful. Do you have a favourite podcast? Business related? Personal business. I had someone mention they like crime podcasts while they walk their dog in the morning. So <laughs> I don't mind. I just like hearing what podcasts people like listening to. Yeah, so I um, my list. <laughs> yeah, I sort of dabble in quite a lot of podcasts because I do exercise every morning. I do like a bit of Mamma Mia. Do you know the Mamma Mia Network? Do. Yeah, I don't mind a bit of that. And business-wise, I the startup podcast from Gimlet Media, that's a really interesting way to see how tech people, tech businesses can start. Yeah. yeah, wonderful. Now, if people want to find out more about your products, they want to check out your website, what's the best way for them to go have a look at what you're doing? Yeah, so our website is pocketprints.com dot com dot au our iphone app you will find in the app store under pocket prints you can actually also find it through our website there is a a way to find it a button to go on our website as well and instagram is pocket prints app and all the links are there to find us um, and I'd love to offer your listeners a 10% off. Just use the coupon code DANA, D-A-H-N-A, for 10% off. Oh, thank you very much. I'm sure our listeners will love that. I had a, I've obviously had a, a look at your website and I love what you're doing. So I'm going to go order myself some magnets, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Stick them on the fridge. I love it. Well, thank you very much for joining us. It's been an absolute pleasure. And enjoy the rest of your day. I will do. Thanks, Donna. Thank you for listening to our first episode of the Bright Minds of E-Commerce podcast. If you like the show, I'd love for you to leave a review. It helps us to reach new listeners and helps us to know we're on the right track. 
If you want more, need a recap, or want to learn more about today's guest, please head on over to our show notes. You can find them at www.brightredmarketing.com.au forward slash show notes forward slash episode and the number one. The link will also be in the episode description if that's easier for you. In today's show notes, we will also have a quick tutorial on how to set up the retargeting ads that Yuki is using with her business. And lastly, on that show notes page, there's a section for questions, feedback, and guests. So if you have any guest suggestions, would like to be on the show, or a burning question you want asked, please go ahead and fill that out. We'll be doing a bonus Q&A episode every couple of weeks based on those questions. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you next week.